Welcome to the TJI Preaching and Ministry Podcast, your source for all things preaching and ministry from the Jenkins Institute. This is your host, Jonathan Sanford, and now your friend, Jeff and Dale Jenkins. Hope you're doing well today. This is Dale Jenkins with the Jenkins Institute Podcast on preach, teaching, preaching and ministry. And I'm here today with my brother, Jeff, who's out in Dallas, Texas. Jeff, how are you today? Dale, I'm doing great. One of these days, we're going to figure out what the name of this podcast is, aren't we? <laughs> Eventually, but uh, we're recording on Wednesday, and I've been watching the Apple uh, announcement about the new products they're coming out with, so I'm not real focused on the name right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't wait to hear you give me your report on what they said. I missed it. They have some new stuff. Yeah. Oh, Apple does? Yeah, that was shocking. Shocking, yes. Good to hear that. And it's the best stuff I've ever put out, according to them. Yes, and you've already ordered one of everything. Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> Actually, you can't order until Friday. Okay, let's get busy, Jeff. Let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. We are glad to have you here, and it is always as we do on the first uh, Monday, first uh, week uh, podcast, we always talk about preaching specifically. So let's talk about preaching today. Well, Dale, we've spent a lot of time talking about various aspects of, of preaching, and what we want to do today is to kind of focus on the, uh, the preparation uh, and the presentation of, of the sermon. Uh, what do we do during our study? What does the text have to say to us? And that's kind of where we want to go in our focus this, this time. And we're going to call this today, Jeff, five questions to ask yourself before you preach. How about that? Great. That's a great topic, Dale. Glad you thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. So, uh, well, you know, we talk, people talk today a lot about different modes of preaching and different, uh, you know, uh, different styles of preaching and everything. And, uh, I, I, and you and I both would lean heavily upon the idea of all preaching uh, should be textual. But uh, even if you choose a style that you call another style from textual, even if you decide you're going to preach narrative or some other style, uh, it still must be based in the text, everything that we do. Exactly right. And, and that's uh, not the only reason that, that uh, personally I enjoy expository preaching. Uh, but uh, one of the reasons is because it helps me if everything has to be based in the text regardless of the, the, the style that you use. Um, when you do expository preaching, you know it's going to be based in the text. And so it, drives, it always drives us back to the text. It always, uh, always answers the question, what does the text have to say? And, and that's part of some of the questions we'll deal with today. And Jeff, it's helpful to the listener because they can pick up their Bible then later and even sometimes without your notes, be reminded of where you went with a specific point or something that they learned from the lesson uh, by reading their own Bible, and that's a helpful thing. So, uh, again, the mode and style is not nearly as essential, in my opinion, as is the idea that you are expository in the sense that you are taking your points or your lesson or your direction from the text itself. So, Jeff, what's the first question that, that we're going to suggest to folks they should ask themselves before they preach? Well, the first question in, in our th way of thinking at least for, on this podcast today, is how does the text center the listener on Jesus? Uh, because if we're preaching a message about Christ, uh, Dale, I remember you know growing up hearing Dad say that uh, 
there's uh, one theme that runs throughout the Bible, and the theme is Jesus. Uh, the theme of the Old Testament is somebody is coming, and the theme of the New Testament is somebody has come, and he's coming again. And if that's true, then every text would, would uh, necessarily have something to say about Jesus. And so how does the message, how does my study, and how does my presentation center the listener on Jesus? Well, and, and New Testament preaching, gospel preaching, always focuses and finds its heart in, in Jesus. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're doing even with a topical lesson that may be a moral lesson. Let's say you're dealing with the, the lottery and, you know, trying to encourage people not to be involved in the sin of gambling. Uh, even that, if it's not text, if it's not centered in Christ himself, it really doesn't have a place in, in uh, the preaching of the gospel. The gospel has to be about Christ. So Paul said to the Corinthians, I came to know only one thing among you, Jesus Christ and him crucified. And it appears that every time Paul preached, every recorded message that we have, it has something to do with Jesus. And certainly that should be the case. If we, if we present a sermon, if we present a message that has to do with Jesus, that gets us out of the way. It gets uh, our own thoughts and our own, um, our own uh, musings out of the way, and it becomes more and more about Christ. And some of you heard me say before the quote I heard from David Shannon, oh, probably about six or seven years ago now, it may not have been that long ago, where he said the question you should ask yourself in the sermon is, how long was it in this lesson before Jesus showed up? And that's not a bad standard. That's a haunting question to me. And I think about it often in preparing lessons. Where is Jesus in this text? All right, Jeff, number two. All right, you go, number two. All right. What does this text say to Christians and or to non-Christians. There are specific texts in the Bible that are addressed directly to Christians. Uh, many of the imperatives in the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the epistles are addressed directly to Christians, things Christians should do. And then there are texts uh, most often in uh, the, the book of Acts that are addressed to those who are not Christians. So what does this text say to those who are Christians that might be in the audience and those who might hear this sermon that are not Christians? So the Bible is God's revealed message to mankind, and uh, the idea would be that, that the Bible is God's revealed message, uh, all of God's message to all of mankind, but there are specific uh, texts that are designed uh, for Christians, God's Word to people who are Christians, and there are texts that are designed to be God's Word to non-Christians. The, the question is, does, does every passage, for instance, you think about God's word to non-Christians. Does every passage in the Bible have a message for non-Christians? And I would argue that it, it does not. There's some uh, specific texts that, that are written for non-Christians, but not every text applies to non-Christians. Well, and, and the converse of that obviously would be true, Jeff. When I mean, every text doesn't apply. Every text is not written directly to Christians. Um, Acts two thirty-eight is not written to Christians. Uh, once, you've, once you've done that, that verse no longer is a verse that applies to the current of your life. Uh, you don't need to repent and be baptized again for the forgiveness of sins or to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's a, you've done that, so that text no longer applies to you. It applied to you, but it doesn't once you've done it. I guess you could argue, you know, think about uh, Acts 20, verse 7. Upon the first day of the week, the disciples met together to break bread uh, you could say that is a passage for Christians, but it doesn't apply to non-Christians. And, of course, the argument, the opposite extreme of that would be, well, it should apply to everybody, but people who are not Christians yet can't 
really fulfill that uh, the application of that text. Um, the, the problem you run into sometimes is that there are people that they read a specific passage and they say, well, I don't like that, therefore it doesn't apply to me, uh, or it doesn't apply to, to non-Christians. And, uh, so, so every text applies. God wants every text to apply to every person. At some point. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let me uh, kind of hone in on this point and say a little bit more about it, maybe a word of caution if our listeners don't, don't mind, and that is that uh, you need to, as a preacher, be aware that our responsibility is to preach to the people that are hearing us. And that may sound like a really odd statement, but uh, you you can, if you're not careful, uh, you know, we, we've heard people talk about preaching to a straw man. Uh, you know, you can do that if you're not careful. Uh, you, if, let's, say, let's say you're preaching on a Sunday at a small church and there's 20 or 30 people there and everybody in the audience is a Christian. And you preach a lesson on the importance of responding to the gospel invitation. Well, is that a good sermon? Yes, it's a good sermon. But you've really not given those people a word from the, from the Lord for their life that affects them. And so I would encourage our guys who are listening to this to make sure that you're preaching to the people that are in your audience, that you're talking to their lives and to their needs and to the things that they need to take responsibility for. And Dale, to, to do that, and we're, we often speak about being in local work, and that's what we do. To do that, that means you've got to know the people. Uh, we need, do you know the people who are in your audience? Now, you know, there are congregations that are very transit and maybe larger, and, and there will probably, hopefully, be non-Christians in every assembly, hopefully. Uh, uh, and, and so we don't want to make our message ever geared toward one specific group of people uh, but at the same time that means we've got to know our people as best we can yeah and, and the reality is um, every sermon needs something for everyone in a sense because unless it's a really small audience uh, it's rare that you will know everyone and every situation that is existing in your audience so all right Jeff uh, question number uh, three of our five questions to ask yourself before you preach. Number three, how does the text speak to both the intellect and the emotion? Uh, and this is a, a thought that, um, you know, we've got to speak to, to the head and the heart. Uh, Dale, one of our favorite people often says, the longest trip you'll ever make in your life is the trip from your head to your heart. It's one thing to know what the text says, but it's another thing to put it into practice in our lives. And so, it's vitally important that, that we understand that every message should have uh, a statement to a person's head and to their heart. So here's the issue. Uh, most of us are guided more strongly by one side or the other, I would surmise. Uh, there are listeners who are listening right now that they, they, are, they love the intellectual side of preaching. Uh, I was listening to a guy the other day, and he said, what I love most about preaching are my books. And I thought, well, that's an interesting statement. I guess some people do. And, and some people love, you know, the intellectual side of a challenging argument that they put together or an outline that they put together that, that's deep and, and wonderful. And that's great, fabulous. But if you're not careful, if that's you, you will never touch the hearts of the people you're listening, you're, you're preaching to, and you'll come across as very deep, 
uh, intellectually, but very shallow emotionally, and you really won't affect them a whole lot. And then the other side of that is, Jeff, uh, if, if you're not really careful, uh, you, you may be the emotional guy listening, and you may have great passion and great emotion in your lessons, and, and you may be able to move people to, to, to action or to tears or, or to, to all sorts of great things emotionally, but if you're not careful, you never feed them intellectually, and they end up being very shallow spiritually uh, and, and easily drawn away by, as the text would say, every wind of doctrine because they don't have any depth about them. So the key here would be, as it is in so many aspects of preaching and ministry, uh, the key word here is the word balance. We've got to be balanced uh, as we preach uh, to the head. We've got to be balanced when we preach to the heart. Uh, it's amazing to me how how much balance there is in Scripture itself, and even, even in the words of Jesus when he says, uh, "Worship, you must worship in spirit and in truth. There's a got to have the proper balance there, even in our worship, and we need the proper balance as we proclaim the Word of God. If we, if we only speak to the heart, if we only always speak to the heart, we're going to have trouble helping people understand what they need for their life. If we only speak to the head, uh, then there will be a lot of people who have a lot of knowledge, but uh, you know it doesn't mean a lot to their heart. I remember, again, Dad saying many times, uh, uh, you, can, uh, you can have a, you know, a head full of Scripture and a heart full of sin. And so you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if it doesn't affect the way you live, it's not going to do you much good. If all you have is your heart, then you're not going to ha have what you need to know to live every day in your life. And Jeff, these are questions you should ask yourself, as we've said, before you preach. Uh, I oftentimes will find myself after a sermon driving home or, or even sometimes where I step in the pulpit thinking, man, that sermon really was put together well or, or that sermon really had some, some great lines in it or whatever. And then sometimes I'll think, but did it touch anybody's heart or the other way around? Well, that sermon really had a lot of great a heart in it, a lot of great passion in it that really riled people up, stirred them up to do something, but did it teach them anything? And so I think those are questions we should ask ourselves when we're looking over our sermon before. How is this going to get to the heart? How is this going to get to the head? Well, and that kind of leads into our next question on our list, number four. How does this text affect me personally? And so uh, it's important. We, we need to ask that question because uh, we're people, we're human beings who have sin in our life and we're trying to do our best to please God, and if a text, uh, so I need to say, how does this affect me? Because if it affects me a certain way, it's likely to affect somebody who's listening to me a certain way. And if I don't ask that question, Jeff, I can end up being a person who is uh, maybe really, really good at uh, communicating the text, or really, really good at studying and pulling apart a text, but I end up not being the person I need to be. Uh, I, I remember, Jeff, uh, someone asking me uh, probably 20, 25 years ago, you know, what, what do you do for your own personal study? And I remember being a little baffled by that question because it is so difficult for me to study personally without it affecting my preaching. But it's also true that it's difficult for me to preach without it affecting me personally. And so I think those two go hand in hand. And if you're not growing yourself spiritually, then you're nothing more than, you know, a, an ad salesman that works one week for Coca-Cola and the next week for, you know, for Pepsi-Cola. You're, you're just out there 
uh, putting ads together or whatever. So make sure that you're, you yourself are, 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 uh, are growing spiritually and are challenging yourself with this text. Does this text deal with something that I need to correct in my own life before I can talk to other people about how to help them be better people for God? And as we say, chances are very good if, if it does affect me, if it does cause me to see changes I need to make in my own life, then that means there'll be people who'll be listening who will have the same, same emotions, the same thoughts, the same feelings about that. All right, Jeff, number five, are we ready? Yes, sir, number five. Okay, is there something from this text that we can give people to do immediately? Uh, is, uh, what, what do we mean by that, Jeff? Well, it, it means uh, how, does the, how does the scripture, how does the text apply to, to my life today? Uh, what application can I make in my life? Um, you know, the, the idea of giving people something to do is a concrete response to, to how does this sermon apply. Uh, but the big, the big deal here is not here's something you have to do, but how does it apply to your life? And I believe that something can apply to your life without you having to have something tangible that has to be done because it can apply to your heart. And, and what you do may have a change in your heart, and nobody sees that. Uh, sometimes, if we're not careful, we, we think, uh, I've got to give them something to do that everybody else out there can see, but the big need is not necessarily somebody seeing something they've done, but what, how does this apply to their heart? And, and Jeff, this, uh, unless I'm wrong, this also uh, spins into uh, the place and importance of uh, the invitation that we deliver. Uh, you know, not every sermon lends itself to a direct response. I mean, if you preach one Sunday on adultery, if there is an adulterer or adulteress in the audience, it'd be great if they responded. But, uh, you know, you, you better be real careful because somebody comes forward on that sermon, you, you know, it's, it's they're probably not going forward if they're struggling with the, the sin of, of drinking. You know, they're probably not going forward if they're struggling with the sin of having an impure heart or whatever. So, I, you know, you just... Uh, the invitation has its place, and I deliver one every time I preach. But we need to make sure that we understand that when we when we extend that, is giving some people something they can do as a result of that sermon. Well, and somebody might say that if you preach on adultery and somebody comes forward because they've committed adultery, you did the right thing, and they did too. <laughs> that's that's true. Good point. Good point. <laughs> All right, Jeff. So uh, that's uh, that's our five questions that uh, we think would help you in your preaching if you ask those questions uh, every time that you preach. Uh, you got anything else you want to add to these? Well, I was just thinking, Dale, you know, th these are kind of, uh, in some ways, kind of simplistic and, and kind of, uh, so, you know, some preachers may hear this and say, well, all those are no-brainers. And uh, if that's the way you feel about that, that's good. But all of us need to sit down from time to time as we think about, uh, study, as we think about preparation, and then as we think about preparation, uh, presentation, and say, um, you know, we, we need to reconsider, is what we're doing what God wants us to be doing? Is this, uh, is this working? Is this uh, something that is effective? Am I affecting change? Because the, the, the reason we preach is to bring about change in people's hearts and people's lives. And so, Maybe your, your list of questions isn't the same as this, but you need to have some questions that you consider from time to time. 
All right, outstanding, Jeff. Let's talk a little bit about a couple of events that we have coming up. And uh, first of all, we, we want to invite people to the Better Conference. There are a couple of those coming up. Jeff will be uh, in uh, Tennessee, at Dixon, Tennessee, September 19th and 20th. And uh, then we'll be out in Oklahoma, Jeff, on October the 24th and 25th for Better Texas. And those are two really big and important events for us. And we're excited about them and what they have to offer. And we hope folks will go and sign up uh, for those. You can go to G the Jenkins Institute at, uh, excuse me, thejenkinsinstitute.com and sign up for those events. And we hope people will be a part of those. And we're doing a little bit different this year in Texas and in Tennessee. We're going to be doing what we call Better Ministry. Uh, still an outstanding lineup of, of uh, some of the better uh, speakers that we've had in the past. But uh, we'll be focusing more on uh, ministry itself, things like criticism and, and uh, why real-world ministry is needed and time management and relationship with elders and, and, some, and several subjects like that. Uh, the one in Tennessee, you've got Jerry Barber coming, Gary Bradley Sr., David Shannon, uh, John Dale, uh, and uh, then you and I will be there. So it should be a really good better, and we hope folks will sign up for that just right away. We need you to sign up for it as soon as you can so we can uh, get things ready for you on September 19th and 20th and the one in Texas for October 24th and 25th. But, Jeff, we've got another better that you might want to say something about and invite people to. Uh, well, are you talking about the one that's not in Texas? And Tennessee? Not in Texas or Tennessee. <laughs> well, Dale, uh, we are going to be going over to South Africa, and we're going to be spending a couple of weeks there. One, one week we'll be spending working with the – South African Bible School. Uh, there'll be a preacher's workshop there and also their annual lectureship. This is their 50th lectureship. It's been my privilege to be a part of a number of those, and it's always a joy to go, and I'm glad that you're coming this year. And uh, we're also going to spend about a week down in Cape Town on the coast, and we'll be presenting uh, better conferences in three different locations there in the Cape Town area, and so we look forward to that as well. All right, Jeff. Uh, that really sums it up for today. So, again, these are some questions hopefully to help you before you preach. Uh, let's, let's invite our listeners. If you have uh, subjects, topics, questions you'd like for us to deal with, areas you'd like to, for us to look at uh, more deeply, you can send us an email at tji at thejenkinsinstitute.com. That's tji at thejenkinsinstitute.com. Jeff, take us out of here. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast, and we hope you'll join us next week. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you as our prayer for you.